Today's guest is Mark Johnson. Mark is a, a part-time caddy that has worked on multiple different tournaments, uh, events, as well as for multiple different golfers. Mark, how are you doing today? You okay? Yeah, good, thanks, Alex. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. So thank you again for, for coming on. So just to kind of give everybody a little bit of an overview then, do you want to just talk us through a little bit in terms of some of the players that you've worked for throughout your career, um, some of the events that you've worked at in terms of the, the tournament, and then also how yeah. you kind of got into golf in general, but also the actual caddy inside of golf as well. Yeah, I mean, so I started um, I started playing golf when I was probably uh, maybe like 10 or 12 or something like that. Just really a summer, I was more into football, so I just really kind of played the odd pitch and putt. Um, and then I joined a course probably when I was about 15 with my dad. Um, again, because I still played football, only really a summer, summer golfer, fair weather. Um, <laughs> And just really took off from there, really. Um, and then it was probably, well, back in 2012, I mean, my handicap was at then, I think, around 12, which was it was an okay standard, but I knew I was never going to do anything with it other than just a social golf. Um, mm -hmm. And then there was, I knew there was a tournament and I'd always gone to see um, tournaments at my local club, Woburn Golf Club. Um, I went to go and see the British Masters and things like that when uh when Nick Faldo won it, um, I think Justin Rose might have won it as well. Um, and they had an event up there um, for the seniors, which I'd, I'd been to, I think, once or twice to watch. And I thought, oh, maybe I can try and caddy. I'd had no, no experience whatsoever. So I thought, how, how, can I, how can I go about this? So I thought, I, I emailed the European tour and see if I get anything. Um, anyway, they come back to me and said, oh, you need to send an individual email um, to the player you want and we'll pass it on. So, okay, right. So I just picked maybe five or six that I kind of heard of and that were English. Um, they sent off the email. Five of them probably come back and just said, oh, no, sorry. Um, I've got my brother. I've got my son. I've got a caddy already. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, fair enough. Um, and then a guy called Andrew Murray, he come back to me and said, oh, currently I've got my son doing it, but he may be at college. Um, if he... Does, if, he, if he's not at college, then obviously he'll let me know. And I was like, oh, great. So I left it like a week. And he, then I suddenly got an email from him saying, uh, yeah, do you want a caddy for me? And I was like, wow, <laughs> never done anything like this in my, in my life. Um, so I started having a look into it, see what, see what a caddy does and things. Um, and I said to him, I said, look, I'm honest. I love golf. I've never caddied. So just wanted to let you kind of know. And he was the nicest guy. I could have picked as my first guy to work with. Um, he currently does a lot of coaching with young kids, so he's very patient. So he helped me out a lot on that first uh, first tournament I ever did with him at Woburn. And I was, well, let's just say I was very nervous. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can imagine towels all over the place. And <laughs> um, yeah. but no, he was he was really good, and he really helped me um, just um, just guide me what he wants from me. Um, mm -hmm. but also if I wanted to do it in the future what a caddy should do mm -hmm. um, and after the first day it was a bit nerve-wracking got a few numbers wrong because I was like taking away rather than adding on from certain sure. points and things like that um, but he would always check my numbers anyway um, and I'd put it that put that down to nerves really yeah, <laughs> um, but then from then on the rest of the tournament I'd absolutely loved it and I thought oh, I'd love to do this again 
anyway, so I carried on. So I didn't really think of think anything of it. I just had a had a job at the time. Um, and then it came around to the next year, and it's it was always held at Woburn. So I just um, contacted him because I had his number, and I said, "Oh, did you need a caddy again if you're playing?" And he said, "Yeah, you can do it again." I was like, "Wow, this this is good." So anyway, that carried on for 2012, 13, 14, and 15. I think was the no 16 was the last yeah, year. Yeah, I think, I, I, yeah, I think you mentioned you did it on the seniors, wasn't it? So 2012 yeah. to 2016. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I'd I'd always only just done Wobham just because it was local to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2015, he messaged me and said, "Oh, how do you feel about a trip to Scotland? Um, come and caddy for me." I was like, "Oh, wow, okay." So he must be, I must be doing something all right in the last yeah. few years. Um, so yeah, I went up to Scotland for the uh, Senior Scottish Open and worked with him. I think, I'm pretty sure that was 2015. Um, and then 2016, um, unfortunately, that was the last time I did caddy for him. But that was because Woburn stopped holding the event there. Um, okay. And he wasn't, he wasn't actually on the tour at that point. Um, he was getting an invite because he knew... Um, it was sponsored by Travis Perkins at the time right. um, and he knew the chief uh, executive officer and he'd always play with him in the pro-am. So he got an invite to the tournament, but unfortunately um, Travis Perkins pulled out. So the actual event stopped being at Woburn, which was a shame because they used to get probably at least 10,000 people through the door, which is pretty good for a seniors event Yeah, um, where they've had like Colin Montgomery win it three times in a row. Ian Woosnam would always play there. So there's some big, big former names playing. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, that just stopped. Um, so in 2016, that was when, because I'd had links with Woburn, I knew people at Woburn. Um, I was, I'm actually a member of the course, which is just a mile away. Um, and then they had the British Open, the Women's British Open being held mm-hmm. there. So I thought, oh, I'll, ch- I'll chance it and put my name down at Woburn just in case any players want any caddies. Um, so I put my name down. I was first on the first on their list because I'd done previous um, events at Woburn. Um, and then I got a call from the guy and he said, oh, I've got a player who wants a caddy. I was like, okay, great. Um, who is it? And he was, so he was like, it's this South Korean girl called Sung Young Park. Now, I, I didn't really know too much about the ladies golf at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, God, who's this? So I, I looked her up and she was ranked 14 in the world at the time. And I thought, wow. <laughs> I've got, I've got, so I looked at her and she, she'd won about, I think, six times that year on the um, Korean tour. I was like, wow, this, is, this, this could be good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they did tell me, unfortunately, she doesn't speak very much English, um, which I thought, okay, right. I'll try and see if I can learn a couple of little words in Korean just to sort of greet her and say hello and things. Sure. Um, so I got that. So I started my prep for, cause I, I needed Mark Chris course anyway, quite well. Um, so I've done some prep. Um, and then the week, well, the, the Monday before the tournament um, is the qualifier. So I also put my name down for that. This was prior to getting the bag. Um, and I got um, a call or an email from the club saying an American girl needed a caddy for the qualifier, the Monday qualifier to get into the British open um, girl called Sydney Clanton. Um, so I said, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Um, I'd already had the, I'd already got the bag in the British Open. So I thought oh, I was just an extra bit of um, experience for me. And the Korean girl, Sung Young, wasn't arriving until the Tuesday. So I thought, oh, that's fine. I can do it Monday and then I can meet her on Tuesday. So anyway, so I did a bit of prep for the uh, qualifier. Um, 
met Sydney on the the day of the tournament. She didn't have any. She basically just relied on me having the the course knowledge. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we shot five under and qualified. <laughs> I was like, Brilliant. great, awesome. Finished. I think we we're second or third um, in the actual um, qualifier. Um, and then she said, oh. Are you able to do the the British this week for me? And I was like, oh God, I've already been asked, but I've already said yes to this other girl. So right. this was the first time this has ever happened. I've got two people wanting to kind of caddy. So I kind of I went and I actually spoke to Andrew, um, and I said I called him up and said, look, this uh, this is a predicament I'm in. What do I do? And he said, if I were you, stick to who you've already said yes. Yes, it's great that you've already you've got this girl qualified. But mm-hmm. you've already said yes, and players will hate it if you ditch them um, sure. for something else. And I was like, "That's fine." I was going to just, just, just before the, the right tournament as well. Yeah, exactly. She, she, she obviously come over in the hope that she would qualify. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure she. Uh, in the end, she did actually sort out a caddy anyway. Thankfully, um, so I stuck with my guns and I stayed with the uh, Young part of the Korean, and she was she was really nice to work with. Yes, it was limited English but golf's a worldwide kind of international. You can talk golf lingo while you're caddying. Um, and her family were lovely. They all come along um, and help support. Um, so, yeah, that was a really, really good experience because obviously it's my first, it was a major. Um, it was yep. at my home clubs, which helped. I knew the course really well, so I could help guide around a bit and like target lines and things like that. Um, so, yeah, that tournament went really well. And then I thought, okay, that's that's it for me now. I'm gonna just like get back to playing golf. I wasn't. I was just doing it just for kind of almost a hobby kind of thing. <laughs> um, so anyway, the next year come round, and so just going back um, to to uh, arrange everything with Sunghyung. I, I got given her management kind of information. And they set mm-hmm. up there this on this like Korean WhatsApp kind of um, app. So I just left that. I didn't even, I didn't delete the app. I just left it. They just ignored it. Anyway, the next year come round, and I think on the Friday morning, I woke up to it because it was, uh, I woke up to a, a WhatsApp from this Korean uh, manager. He said, oh, are you able to caddy next week at King's Barnes in Scotland? I was like, what? <laughs> and he said, oh yeah, I've got a player called Min Young Lee who needs a caddy. Can you can you do it? And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> I've got to like make some contact calls at work. Can I have the next week off? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's fine. Obviously, I've now got to try and find a hotel and how I'm going to get there and things like yeah. that. So I've managed to do all that all in that all on that Friday, which was quite handy. Um, and then met her on the Tuesday, I think it was again. Um, so yeah, so I, I got another caddy gig um, at another British Open. Hadn't done anything since. Um, yet I'm here caddying at back-to-back kind of majors, which I thought mm-hmm. was uh, <laughs> incredible, <pretty> impressive yeah. <laughs> for just a part-time. So I must have been doing something right, and otherwise mm-hmm. I don't think the management would have. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was great. Kings Barnes is a beautiful course, and I don't know if you've ever been there or played there. But... I haven't. No, not yet. Uh, not been lucky enough to play yeah. it, but I've definitely seen a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, it's a really, really nice course. Um, so again, she spoke limited English, but again golf lingo you can work out together when you when you're going around a course of how to go about um we kind of we can probably go on a bit about what a caddy does and things like that yeah um so yeah another fantastic uh week unfortunately she did miss the cut 
Now, that wasn't, well, I think weather played a big part because we were, I think we were, we were two under through four, 13 or 14 holes into the second round. And I think the cut mark was level, I think, or one over. Okay. Um, can't remember. Um, and it absolutely hacked it with rain. Right. <laughs> and the wind got up. Mm. And she just, unfortunately, she just made some errors that any golfer can do. And well, I think we missed the cut by one, which is really gutting because throughout them, the first round, they held, I think she, I don't think she put a foot wrong. And she could have been, at that round, she could have been eight under. Every well, putt just glided past. And how, how many holes were you through when, so you said she was two under, uh, sorry, two, yeah, two under. Yeah, two say? under. I think she was two under through four, 13 or 14 holes, I think right. it was, and on the, the, and second, the, cut, on the and second day. And the cut was like par or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right, we just okay. dropped some silly shots, which is uh, gutting. I, know, cause she, I could tell she was gutted as well. Was it, was um, it like a little bit of a, did you sort of go a bit defensive maybe with the cut on the mind or did she kind of just stick with a, with a normal goal? I think uh, probably, probably in the last two holes, definitely. And then that's where you kind of, you don't just play the normal aggressive free, mm-hmm. free, free for all golf kind of thing. And she was, oh, I can't, I can't make a bogey. And then all, you start, all, you, all she starts thinking is bogey, bogey, bogey kind of thing, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, obviously I can't tell too much of what she was going on ahead because we weren't able to communicate loads like you would yeah. the, someone who could speak English or if I was uh, Korean or something. Um, but you could just tell that she wasn't playing the same as what she had done the previous day and the first, mm. at least the first nine, um, which I, I'm, I, it happens to every golfer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that yeah. kind of weather as well on, on a course like that or, you know, just yes. playing that style of golf um, is something completely different, especially for you know, the players that maybe aren't used to it, aren't they? You know, that don't Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, they, these the internationals aren't. Yeah, they're not used to Lynx golf with this nope. 45 mile an hour winds and rain. <laughs> and they're probably used to sort of 30 degree heats with yep. occasional winds kind of thing. So um, it's probably a good learning curve for her as well. But yeah, unfortunately, we did miss the cut, which was a shame. Um, then 2018, um, I only done a couple of local things. Uh, one of Andrew's friends, um, he was a senior. Um, he was, I think he was playing off like plus three or something. Um, Steve Creed, he then, he contacted me and said, oh, because he knew I'd caddied for Andrew. Yeah. He said he was going to try and get into the, he was only an amateur. He was going to try and get into the senior open. So I went up to uh, Scotland for that. Um, unfortunately, we missed out by one shot, which was gutting. <laughs> yeah. He played really well that day. It was just one loose tee shot, which really kind of cost him. It's not um, bad though, is it, for a, what do you say, he was a, a free handicap? That, yeah, it was, it was plus three. He was an amateur, he wasn't a pro or anything. Yeah, so, so yeah, he did really well. Um, good going. Yeah. Um, and then I caught, I caddied for Georgia for the first time for US Open qualifying yeah. mm-hmm. at the Buckinghamshire. Um, again, I think, we, uh, I think she missed out on maybe two or three shots, but it was over 36 holes in a day, which is quite tough. Right, okay. um, for a qualifier. Yeah. Um, some of the times it's just normal 18 holes, but for the US Open, for some reason, they make it 36 holes. So it's right. quite, a, quite a long day. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, and then 2019, that was again at the British Open. It was back at Woburn. So again, I put my name down. Um, my dad was actually working at Woburn at the time. Um, and I was, I think I was playing, 
I think I was, was I playing, I might have been playing my own course club champs. And I remember I looked at my phone halfway and I had like seven missed calls from my dad <laughs> saying, ring me, ring me. <laughs> so I rang him like halfway because ours was a 36 hole competition. He said, oh, they need some, someone's um, needs a caddy for next week. Do you want to, do you want a caddy? And I was like, yes, put my name down, put, say yes. So he went back to the guy and said, yes, he can do it. Um, and that was a Japanese amateur called Yuka Yusuda. Um, again, limited English. A family all come over with a couple of coaches. Um, again, we met up on the, the Monday, was it? Or the Tuesday? Might have been the Tuesday um, for practice round. Again, got on really well. Um, she was lovely. Again, really, it seems as though all the, the international girls are really kind of, well, they're all really calm. They never seem to like get flustered or anything like that. Um, so yeah, she was an amateur. Um, we made the cut, which was our first target because um, she wanted. I think she wanted to win uh, best amateur. Um, unfortunately, we missed out by the best amateur. I think by two shots. Um, again, a couple of silly little errors which mm -hmm. can cost players uh, a few shots. Um, but she she played lovely and she was she was uh, really good to work with. Um, and then. 2020 I was I got I messaged a few um players on Instagram just to see if they had any if they needed a caddy for the Scottish Open um a couple of them come back to me and said no nope, I've already got someone and then I got a message from um Yu Jung Sun and she said oh my friend of mine said that you you're looking to caddy and I need a caddy so I was like okay great yeah I can do that um so she was she was playing on the LPGA she was a rookie on the LPGA um she was uh japanese but she was she was she could speak english she was she was basically american um okay. so yeah we come over and obviously she hadn't got into the british open or anything yet but she was coming over to the scottish open um so our first aim was obviously to make the cut and then second aim was can we can we make the british open because there was a number of spots because of um covid um mm. the spots actually increased for the british open because there was a number of players that couldn't come over for certain reasons and restrictions and things um so we were lucky enough that we made the cut and all we had to do was i think there was only two places that out of all the people because there was obviously exemptions already into the british open the people that the girls that made the cut were already in so there was only two places that i think weren't going to get in okay um, so i think she actually birdied three of the last four holes which easily secured our um, place into the British Open the following week. Um, so she asked me to go and carry on and stay. Um, originally, I hadn't booked off work, so luckily my work were okay with uh, booking an extra week off <laughs> um, to stay on. And yeah, caddy at uh, Royal Troon, which was lovely. Um, oh, such a nice course, yeah. Um, mm. It played tough, though, the first two days because we did actually, she did actually miss the cut. But if you look at the scores, um, there's a, there was a lot of high scores from a lot of good players because yeah. it was, again, 50 mile an hour wins, rain, mm -hmm. um, for pretty much two days solid, which is a shame because yep. the two days previous, it was like no wind, sunshine. Perfect, perfect conditions. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect conditions, yeah. Um, oh, so, yeah, I've had a, had a good almost two weeks with her. Um, and then 2021, this year, uh, they're the Justin Rose Ladies Series. I don't know if you've have you heard of what he what he'd done for the ladies. Yeah, um, funny you should say that. I've actually just booked tickets to go um, to the event at the JCB. Oh, um, lovely. Th th yeah, this morning it's uh, at the JCB yeah. Country 
Golf and Country Club, it's oh, called. Yeah, yeah. Incredible yeah. golf course there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I love the work that they do. And, and obviously, Justin and his wife um, have done. And uh, I saw that an, there was an event that popped up that's fairly close to me. I'm based in Manchester. So, uh, okay, yeah, funny yeah. enough, I just, uh, I just bought some tickets this morning to go. It's gonna oh, be lovely. Fun. Yeah. yeah, it'll be good to have some uh, fans back. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> which is good because, uh, yeah, because the, 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 they had one at Woburn, which I carried caddied for Georgia at. And unfortunately, obviously, and he had like, I think they had a very limited amount of mm-hmm. um, members only were able to watch a few holes. Right. Um, but that was, that was it. Um, unfortunately it wasn't her day, um, but she's, she's developing. She's um, come a lot since I first caddied for her, um, Georgia. Um, she quickly realized and with a little bit of help from me, cause I've done some caddying for the, LET players and LPGA, she wanted to know what the standard kind of was that she needed to get to. Sure. So she knew that she needed to increase her ball uh, club head speed to be able to get extra distance mm-hmm. because she was lacking in that. She's yeah, hitting yeah. hybrid where they're hitting seven iron. And yeah. it's so much easier to control a ball at seven iron. Um, just, yeah. for, just as an example kind of thing. So she's been working on that over the last year and, and she's hopefully going to reap the rewards very soon. Um, yeah. And then the there was a the, an event which happened two weeks ago now, um, held at Centurion Golf Club um, for the Am, Am, Amcro Team and Individual Series event. So it's sponsored by um, a company in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Um, so they had a team event and an individual event running alongside each other. So basically, what happened? Uh, so just going back, sorry. So yeah, I contacted, um, I actually only contacted one player, um, which was Christine Wolf, and just said, oh, do, do you need a caddy? Um, and she said, yes, that'd said, be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I was like, perfect. Awesome. Um, so yeah, so basically it was like, so it was almost like they had 36 teams. Uh, Christine was actually a captain and then they have a draft pick. So they pick one player, one professional, and then the other professional is randomly drawn. Um, and then they get randomly selected an amateur. Okay. So you have a team of four and the best two scores, basically. Um, so they had the team event, which was the, the higher prize fund for them. Um, so that's why it was always it was quite a good team karate because you, you want your players in your team to do well, but also you want to do you well yourself. Sure. So if you've done well yourself, you tend to, if you were individually playing well, that would probably mean that your team's doing quite well anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a really, we had a really good team, um, and we finished fifth overall out of thirty-six teams, which was nice. Um, I think we were only two back, two birdies back from second place. I think first place were like five shots clear of second. They won it quite, quite comfortably. Um, and then Christine, right. I think, was twenty-fourth overall um, out of like one hundred and twenty pros. Um, so yeah, so that was a really good week. Um, and she's actually playing in a, a major out in Evian this week. And I've just been keeping an eye on her score this morning. And she was doing quite well, but I think she finished one over. Um, yeah, which started, started okay. morning, right? Yeah, which is, which is an okay, solid start. Um, and then my next event is the uh, Scottish Open in a couple of yeah, weeks' time. I was, was, was going to say, what's, what's kind of the future then? How many sort of events have you got lined up as, as of right now? Yeah, so um, I'm, that's my only one with the Scottish Open and potentially the British Open which is like the week after that yep. will either be with, um, so I'm caddying for a girl called Ellie Gibbons. Um, so hope she's an English girl. So hopefully we can qualify either via the Scottish Open, because I think there's 
maybe about eight places available okay. um, through that. Or if we don't do that, then we're going to do final qualifying with her on the Monday, which again, I think there may be about six spaces, six spots, yeah, available then. So hopefully I can carry yeah. on for the next week. Um, right, so so this time you've not you've not double booked. I haven't double booked, no. Just in case she qualifies. <laughs> no, but I'm hoping, well, if Ellie doesn't qualify um, and Christine qualifies, then I don't know if she'll have, she may have a caddy lined up because she may have someone for the Scottish and the British, but she doesn't and I've got that person. And with being up there in Scotland in the bubble because of COVID, there may be some other girls that are travelling over that I might be able to get hold of if Ellie doesn't make it, um, yeah. that I might be able to. So, I'm not going to rule it out. I've got the week off work, which is fine. Um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully we'll have a, I have two weeks in Scotland and have another good couple of weeks. Awesome, man. I mean, considering it was kind of a, a shot in the dark, then if you like, from the very start of your career with Andrew, it's just kind of like you said, yeah. a, a kind of message sent out there. It's been an awesome experience for you so far, oh, yeah. being able to do all these events, work with all these players, and then obviously now yeah. continue to do more. Um, I want to like dive into a little bit more about being a caddy now. Um, yeah. Just for, for anybody listening, they, I think this kind of insight is going to be great. So as obviously a player yourself who, who played yeah. at like a, a decent level, yeah. how did you find the, the transformation and going from a player to then being able to caddy for somebody? And like, what would you say like the major differences are that you, in terms of knowledge and what you need to know and what you need to be able to do between being a player and then being able to caddy a player? Yeah, I mean, obviously they're they're elite players, so they are a hell of a lot better than me. Um, mm -hmm. As a player, when I'm lining up for a tee shot, all I'm thinking is hit the fairway. Whereas they're kind of they're quite. I quickly learned that they're quite. Um, they like to point small things, so mm -hmm. I'll give them say there's a, a pylon in the background, and that's our target line, or we'll pick out a tree because they can nine times out of 10 hit that target kind of thing because they know i know that okay first hole pins on the left hand side we need to be right half of the fairway so we'll find a target um in the distance whether it's a corner over a bunker or anything like that so mm -hmm. they're quickly they are very they like to pick small things rather than just if i if i just as a caddy just went i've just did it straight down the middle like yeah. occasionally there will be times where it's just you don't need to worry about anything you can open up your shoulders and just hit it out a bit harder down sure. the middle um but most of the time we'll pick small targets for them to aim at um mm -hmm. i think that kind of helps them concentrate and when you just see them hit the ball exactly where you're telling them it's a great feeling um yeah. and then i mean short game they work so much on like Putting wise, they'll spend a lot of time working on their putting. Um, whereas the average amateur you see when you go up a golf club, they may go to the drying range yeah. during the week, hit 100 balls. The only times they're going to practice putting is probably five minutes before they tee off. Yeah. Whereas Guilty. if you actually if you actually work out the number of shots you actually take putting, mm -hmm. it's pretty much like a third of your shots, but no one practices it. Whereas professionals, they do because that's they know that most professionals will hit the ball the same distance wise they're, all, they're not going to make too many mistakes but, so it could potentially always come down to putting putting mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so that's why they spend so much time on that because if they save themselves three or four shots that can win them a tournament 
sure. That's a yeah. very good point on on both there. I mean, in terms of the kind of aim point, it's something that I mean, we obviously hear it on the TV, right? They're always kind of like, oh, do you see the TV tower or do you see that tree, yeah. etc. And as yeah. you said, they've always kind of got that that aim point rather than just get it on the green or, or what have you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I know Rory talks about that a lot when you watch him doing the the kind of tutorial videos on the Golf Channel, etc. He talks about yeah. he doesn't like to go, oh, I'm going to go over this bunker and just get it on the left side of the fairway. He wants a more literally like a specific area on that fairway that he's going for because yeah. that helps him uh with his whether it's his eye line or whatever it is it just helps him have that yeah, target dial in. yeah dial in exactly um yeah. and yeah with the with the second one uh, again it's a really good point and something that i'm personally guilty of i mean i've started to do it now in the last few months is make sure to spend an hour you know chipping and, and putting after the yeah. after the driver range because yeah it's a, it's a great point you you are normally taking the most shots on on the green and i think yeah. again it's something that all the the pga um players whether it's coaches or broadcasters they always talk about that in terms of sometimes a tournament will just literally come down to who's putting the best and yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, yeah. it's a, a great point of what you make there so yeah, yeah i mean that, that's really interesting so in terms of like um let's say you had a tournament then this week uh, or starting yeah. monday and you've got the, the the weekend after is the tournament yeah what sort of preparation are you doing i mean obviously you, you try to balance as well your work and, and personal life yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff but yeah. for, for let's say a, a british open then um yeah. what, what sort of preparation and, and week are you having on the build-up to that tournament well so so if i took if i take um the recent tournament i've just like caddied at um so I'd, I'd actually played the course once or twice i think it was but probably like four years ago so mm -hmm. i remember a few holes but I would always go and walk the course. And I think that's really important. So I would, first of all, try and get a course guide because they normally have, I mean, I've actually bought one with me. I don't know if you can see this. Yeah. So this is awesome. the type of thing that we get. Um, I was but just we don't about to ask you that, that until, about all the yeah. notes, et cetera. That's awesome. Yeah, we don't okay. normally get that until Monday, uh, Monday or the Tuesday of the tournament week. So you can't get that. So if you want to do anything prior, um, unfortunately, Centurion, they didn't even have any uh, course guides. Um, they just uh -oh. don't have them full stop, which I found very odd. But anyway, mm. um, so I just took a bit of paper and wrote some notes down so I could transfer that to when I got my actual course uh, mapping book. But yeah, I would always walk the course. Um, and what I would do is I'd, I'd stand on the tee, look at the course guide and see where, see what shape of the hole it is, whether there's anything in particular I can pick out there and then for target lines um like in the distance um mm -hmm. especially if she hasn't or the player on cadding for hasn't played there before um i'll then walk down the middle of the fairway and look back as well just to see what it looks like from the other angle again i would do that looking into the green um and then I'm a, as i'm walking around each hole i will make notes of where not to go because i think that's mm -hmm. the most important thing so if you've got a green that is dead long like cannot go long I'll, I'll put some big red crosses just yeah. in my i don't want to put that negativity to to them but in my plan i'm saying no yeah, so do not go you, so you basically try to identify the good misses and the bad misses in every yes. shot mm -hmm. yes definitely because either i want her to have the best opportunity to score well on that hole without putting any her in any kind of danger mm -hmm. um so for instance at centurion um the set the first hole is a par five bit of a dog leg um but the back of the green there's a big slope and it goes down into like a woodland area mm -hmm. so i instantly made a note right we cannot go long 
like the green slopes from back to front anyway. So anywhere short is always going to be uphill. Um, so that was my first point of, right, cannot go long. Um, and also it was a reachable par five anyway, and there wasn't going to be too much danger in going for it. Um, so again, I'd make that note saying, yes, we can be aggressive on this hole. Um, we don't have to, oh, we don't have to play to safety and yeah. hit a three wood off the tee and then hit an iron and then lay up kind of thing. And I imagine just like most golfers, uh, an uphill putt is always going to be the one that you'd prefer, yes. right? So, yeah. you know, in yeah. that explanation, in that um, particular case you just talked about there, leaving it maybe short would end up being better yeah. and giving yourself that uphill, uh, uphill putt. Yeah, definitely. And I'd always take a couple of golf balls with me. And when I get to the green, I'd always just um, just throw a ball, just throw a ball um, like onto the green and just see how they roll. Mm -hmm. Um pick up a few different slopes, see how quickly they're going, um, just things like that. Um, so that's what I'd probably do pretty much every single hole. So I'd walk the whole course. Um, yeah. If I happened to come across any members that were playing, I'd always just ask them for any, any things that, because obviously they're playing there every single day. So they've probably yeah. more than likely seen most of the hole or most of the course on every single position. So um, again, if I see any and they're quite helpful, I'll just ask them if they've got any kind of, any small tips that may help me when we're actually um, actually going through our practice practice rounds and things. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, when it comes to practice rounds, um, it'll be a case of, right, we'll just discuss on the tee what, where's the target line, what we want to hit, what the wind's doing, which is just general things anyway. Um, and then chipping and putting around in practice green, she will tend to, they will tend to do themselves because they, they will go places where, um, where they also thinking, oh, I might end up here, or yeah. this is a difficult spot. Let me just go and practice. So if I do get in that spot in a competition, I'm used to, I know the difficult shot it is, and yeah. I know how it's going to come out and things. Sure. Um, and in terms of communication with the player, then either in that practice round or before the actual first round starts. So I mean, you talked about there. Obviously, you're making all your own notes and having all that information. But a good point there that you you said is that you're not going to be telling the player like this is the good uh, the good miss and the bad miss or or whatever because you don't want to put that negative thought in their head no definitely how, not how, how, how do you kind of transfer the information over to the player then to say you know look i've looked at the course this is what i've seen this is what i think we should do this is what i think we shouldn't do like yeah. how, how do you kind of give that information to the player and do they ever give you any kind of pushback on some stuff like well i'd rather do this or i'd rather not do that uh, based off yeah your i mean I mean, I will always, obviously, I, I know, I'll know how far they hit the ball um, in terms of carry distance. Um, we'll work out the wind. So if it's, say, a back pin and she wants to hit a club that is going to, a normal shot will take her five yards past that pin, mm -hmm. I will say, I will recommend the club shorter because yep. I know that back's dead. Um, so I won't say, oh, long's dead. Yeah, I will say something along the lines of, Let's take a seven iron um, because I think being short of the hole will give us a better putt. So that doesn't, we don't talk about the, the fact that if you go long, it's dead and you're going to make a double. <laughs> we talk about <laughs> the fact that being short is going to give you that birdie chance. Sure. Um, so we're always, I always will, most players will both get the yardage just so we can confirm that we've got the numbers correct. We'll get to the front of the green. Um, or if there's anything that we need to ensure that we clear, like a ridge in the green or whether there's a bunker and the pin's over, we need to clear that. Um, so it will always be the front and then the pin. 
Um, then we'll work out um, whether there's, um, the, I mean, the course guide does give you um, how far it plays uphill, how far it plays downhill. So you take that mm -hmm. into consideration in yardage. Um, then we take into, obviously, the wind. Um, and then I will, we will tend to, it depends on each player. Sometimes I will say, right, I think this is a seven iron. Or I will say, what do you think? And if she says seven iron as well, I say, yes, perfect. I love that club. Um, or if I am in, if I am thinking it's a six, I'll tell her and I'll tell her my reasons why. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it depends on the, the player and how they want to kind of react um, with sure. you. Some like to make all the decisions. Some like to actually have your impact. Um, the ones I've caddied for so far have been really good and they will actually kind of, they, they do listen um, mm -hmm. and take into your points and then we'll come up with a, we'll come up with a decision basically. I mean, yeah. yes, the ultimate decision is theirs. I can, I can put forward my case um, and the reasons why, but yeah, they're the ones hitting the shot. So they've got to trust and feel that they are hitting the right club. Yeah. And I mean, it depends on the player, of course, but how common yeah. is kind of a bit of pushback from the player, not maybe aggressively, but just in terms of, you know, I'm not, you know, I think that maybe you're wrong here or I'm right. And this is what I want to do. Does that kind of thing happen often? Or is it sometimes just a um, case of, Try to find a balance between both your opinions, or how, how yeah, I think I think I think it is finding that balance. Um, at the end of the day, like I said, they they tend to they know what they hit. They're hitting balls in day in day out. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, it might be different if I was to caddy for them full time because I'd get to know them a lot more. Um, with most of these players, I've probably only caddied for the once, um, so it's kind of like I can put my opinion, but I will always back them if they believe otherwise yeah um there are times when i get it wrong or she will get it wrong or we'll both get it wrong yeah um, but you just have to kind of move on from that <laughs> um, sure. as best you can <laughs> yeah just take it one shot at a time um yeah what one question i had as well like i mean i imagine you've you've kind of worked this more out now as you've got more and more experience over the years but in that example when you first started and you said like I've got this first um, woman that I've never heard of and she happened to be 14th in the world, but you knew nothing about her. Yeah. So in terms of, again, when you're getting all your notes and you're trying to figure out kind of the plan, apart from the yardage, maybe that the player hits the ball, what sort of other information, if any, are you kind of asking from the player or from their management team or whoever it is, their coaches, to, yeah. to help you do your job better? Because maybe not just yardage is yeah. important, right? It's also yeah. what type of shots they like to hit, what they don't like to hit. Yeah, I mean, I always, I always, uh, yeah, find out whether they like to hit it straight, a draw or a fade. What's their natural, what's their go-to kind of shot shape? Um, I'd always ask what they want from me as well, because every player is different. Um, so, for instance, um, Ellie next week, I've already asked her what she wants from me. And one of the things she doesn't want, she just wants, putting-wise, she'll just do on her own. Like, okay. if she does want anything then she'll ask me. So in, as a caddy, I will always look at the line. So I'm in prep in case she asks me, but majority of the time, she will probably just do that on her own. Okay. Um, so I'll always ask what they want from me. Um, so for instance, and the, the players, are, I think you have to be really honest with each other as well. So when I was caddying mm -hmm. for Christine, we had a, it was on the first day and par five um, and we had a, I think we had like something like 70 yards in or something. And I said to her, I said, oh, I think you should be hitting this 
four or five yards left. And she said to me, I said, oh, can I just say, like, on these, like, approach wedge shots, said, I like to kind of say to you where I want, where I should be hitting it rather than you telling me. So I was like, no, yeah. that's fine. You're the player. Right, now I know. So I, I know that I'm not going to annoy her by saying that again. Mm but I will still work out where I think we need to. And then if she says to me, so it's kind of like uh, understanding the player's needs and what they like, because you want to, them to feel the most comfortable and no like stress or worrying about what I'm going to say or anything like that. Yeah. You just be fully relaxed. They know what they're going to do um, and they can execute the shots. So it's all yeah, about just... I, I mean, I guess a lot of it as well is, is kind of like you said there, is getting to know the actual player as well. You have to... Yeah you know, maybe they're not a talker, maybe they are a talker. So do you spend much time with a player before, say, even the practice round? Would you go out for dinner with them, just try and get to know them as a person not, not first? Not really, or... no. I mean, during the, during like the practice and stuff, we'd meet for, like, say, breakfast. If we had a morning tea off, we'd have breakfast together. Um, and then during the course, because it's, it's, it's a long day. I mean, mm -hmm. I was, I mean, just at Centurion, I'd be leaving sort of, like, if we had a, I mean, we had a, First day, I think we left, we teed off at half 12. I think we met for half past nine. So we knew that we'd have like a good hour just to chill in and breakfast. Um, and then which then she could just take her time kind of. So we, I, was, I was with her from like half nine through till half six or so. So you do spend quite a bit of time together. So you do kind of get to know them, um, especially like the first time caddying for them. You want to kind of spend a bit of time with them, but terms mm -hmm. of like dinner and things after it's kind of like they want to go and do their own sure. thing to relax um you'll get some caddies and players probably the more the full-time ones or if they're like related or like mm -hmm. brothers are on the bag and things like that they would probably yeah. do things more in the evening um yeah so i think every again every player and caddy relationship is different yeah, no, I just meant more like maybe before the tournament, just to get to know them as a person, because I mean, I guess you can do that during the practice round, but you must, it must be normally the caddy that has to, or at least in your situation, as you said, where it's not a full-time thing, you yeah. have to more adapt to the player, obviously, rather than them yes. adapting to you, because yeah, yeah. if no, you look no, at somebody like Bryson DeChambeau, for example, now, he's like working every <laughs> single little angle out and he's, he's yes. looking at absolutely everything. Jordan yeah. Spieth, massive talker, loves to just talk, talk, yeah. talk. Whereas some players, they just go, right, I, I just want to know what's the wind doing, what's the yardage, or, or what my number yeah. is. No, definitely, and then we, yeah. we, we're going. So uh, for you personally, if, um, let's say, all players were the same, what sort of caddy are you? Are you just going, right, here's the shot, here's the yard, uh, the number, here's the wind, let's go for it. Or yeah, do you I mean, do I, I like to, to talk and that, not give a yeah, lot of information? I like to think that I'm, I'll get my numbers quickly um and assess that I'd, I'd always assess so part of the like prep you'd always work out which way the wind's going anyway for the day and then mm -hmm. i'd mark on each hole which way it should be going um if it turns then obviously you have to make that adjustment um sure. so i'd always get my number and thing and i'd always quickly in my head i can because i've played golf and i'm quite a good at course strategy person i may not be able to do it myself but <laughs> um <laughs> i can quickly analyze and see the shot so I feel as though I always want to give my kind of opinion of what, what I see. Yeah. Um, and in terms of just how, in terms of when you were saying getting to know the player, um, I kind of do that because I've always got um, 
the bag like maybe a week or so before we would be in conversation like via text and things so mm-hmm. i'd be asking questions about what they want uh what just just little things so when it comes to meeting them i'm already prepped for what type of player they they are and what they want from me so we can yeah. like because we obviously only have most of the time it's like maybe two practice days so you want to kind of hit the ground running know exactly what your player wants from you um how to get the best out of them um so yeah it's kind of done pre-tournament by mm-hmm. kind of talking and things that's how i've worked anyway previously sure well listen mark i'll i'll let you go um that's always been an hour no, already it's, fl- it's flown oh, by but, uh, <laughs> yeah but um it was absolutely incredible to kind of get an insight from a from a caddy and, and learn the life of a caddy it's really been interesting so thank you for taking the time out to do this i appreciate it no no thank you for inviting me it's been a pleasure no problem. So anybody that wants to check you out, they can find you on Instagram at Mark J Golf Caddy, and then hopefully we'll see you at the British Open. Yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, perfect, Mark. Thanks very much for your time. No Appreciate worries. It. Thanks for your time. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Mate. Cheers. Take care. Bye bye.